You're listening to the Healthy Weight Coaching Podcast, inspiring stories and tips to help you reach your goal. For information on reaching your healthy weight or to share your success story, please reach us at healthyweightcoaching.com. Welcome to the Healthy Weight Coaching Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to motivate everyone listening to strive for your best self. Get rid of the negative self-talk, and hopefully by listening to this today, you will embrace something that you can take with you and make yourself feel better about yourself so you talk better about yourself because we're our biggest self-critic. And I think our guest today will be able to help you do just that. I am excited to welcome Iron Woman Tisha Sheraton. I've known Tisha since uh, we were spinning instructors together at the Carl Sanders YMCA which seems like a million years ago. Now Tisha's my spinning instructor at Lifetime Fitness, but more importantly, a mother of two and a recent Ironman finisher. Congratulations, Tisha, and thank you for being here. Thank you for asking me to be here. I love it. I'm excited. So how does it feel to hear the words Ironman finisher? It is honestly a dream come true. It's one of those things that I'd always wanted to do, and I always just put off because my kids' schedules or whatever it was, I always put myself kind of last on that because I knew it was such a big endeavor in terms of money and time and getting the calendar free and then just making it all about me for a few days that it just wasn't something that I was comfortable allocating. So when the opportunity looked like it was going to happen, I jumped on it and I was lucky that my family supported me. So were you doing triathlons and running and biking and swimming and all of that as a kid? And did you grow up in that environment? Is that when you started wanting to do an Ironman? No, as a child, I, I played a lot of different sports. I played volleyball and basketball. I was on a tennis team and I did karate. I was actually a black belt in karate and I was like, the karate kid movie was a big inspiration for me. And I went to tournaments and traveled, but you know, so it wasn't necessarily the typical childhood sport. But my parents supported me and I was able to do that pretty much through high school and I loved it. And then I went to college and college was a blast and, you know, I'd hit the gym occasionally and that was about it. And I got married and had kids young in my twenties and, you know, exercise and prioritizing myself wasn't something that I did. I loved having little kids and being part of their activities, but going to the gym wasn't something I really got into until they were a little bit older and I felt comfortable leaving them in the childcare. And then I just started going for like, you know, a spin class or to go on the elliptical or, you know, just like an hour here and there. And did and you even enjoy exercise at that time or you just did it to, to feel good? What was, you know, what was honestly in the beginning, I went to the gym one, just to socialize, to get out of the house. I wasn't working at the time. It was a great way to get out of the house and have something to do. And there was other people to talk to and that my child could go in the childcare and have somebody else watch her for a little bit. So, you know, that was really where it started. And then I enjoyed it after a while, you know, I liked it. It helped me get a little more confident in my post baby body. And then it just kept developing. I was lucky with the spin classes at the Bucket Y. There was a great group of women that did triathlons. They didn't do Ironman, but they did the sprint triathlons. And for those people that are not triathletes, what's the difference between sprint versus what you just did? So the distance is the difference. And a lot of people say, oh, it's just a sprint. But the, the difference is not only just in the distance, but it's in the intensity. So 
a sprint is a great entryway into trying out a triathlon because the, the distance is the shortest. It's usually like a 400 yard swim, which is very manageable. And the bike is 13 miles, which again is very manageable. And it's a 3.1 mile run or run walk. So it's something that, you know, beginner to novice could easily do. But it's also where people who are really fast and really strong go and they go just as hard as they can, as fast as they can. So just because it's a short distance doesn't mean it's easy. You can take it kind of any way you want. So it's a little bit of a misnomer to say, oh, it's just a sprint. Yes, there's a lot of beginners at a sprint, but there's also beginners at an Ironman, believe it or not. So the distance doesn't necessarily predict the amount of effort that you put into it, but it does predict some of the planning. And would you, well, and now say, what is the distance of the full Ironman that you just did? So a full Ironman is 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and a marathon run. So 26.2 mile run. And as my parents asked me all in one day, yes, all in one day. And how long was <laughs> 17 hour time limit from start to finish? How long was your, was your race time? I did it in 13 hours and about 28 minutes, I believe. Amazing, Tish. Totally amazing. So the way you gear up mentally, you refer to the sprint triathlon. I know you've done a ton of things in between these two distances. Do you feel like it all requires the same sort of mental, the same sort of mental energy to gear yourself up for a race? Do you still feel that same need to mentally prepare? And how do so you do that? Yeah. So for me, the the Ironman was definitely a lot of mental preparation. I got a great piece of advice from a friend of mine and he said, remain mentally flexible. So if something comes your way, be flexible with it. You know, don't be set in stone, be able to kind of, you know, sway and adjust with whatever comes your way that you might have periods of darkness where you're hurting or where it's really hard and you might, you know, entertain feelings of wanting to quit or whatever it is. We said, just stay flexible. And that was big for me, mm-hmm. you know, in a shorter distance, it's, I mean, you know, you're like, well, it's only like another mile or it's only 20 more minutes or whatever, but in an Ironman, it could be another eight hours. So there's that ability to endure is definitely a key component to the Ironman. The mental agility and flexibility is a key component to the longer distances because you just have to be uncomfortable and you have to be okay with that. And you have to let your attitude determine how you're going to deal with being uncomfortable. Did you listen to music during this experience? No, you can't. It's actually against the rules because you have to be safe. You have to be able to hear if there's a siren, you need to hear other cyclists or runners behind you. So you can't have any external music or zero, like you can't have your phone. You can't have any of that stuff on you. Wow. And still be mentally flexible. That That is totally remarkable. So most listeners are probably listening to you, admiring what you're saying and questioning why in the world, definitely how, but why in the world you would do all of that. So what is your why? I love being active and I think it comes from being a child and just, you know, wanting to be busy and wanting to do things and being part of a group. I mean, one of the greatest things about triathlon, it's not a solo sport. You go out for long bike rides, you know, you're out with your friends for a couple of hours, the whole time you're laughing, you're talking. We joke about what are our snacks that we're going to be eating today. You know, we talk about our kids, our lives, our, you know, our relationships. It's, it's almost like therapy, you know, you're with your your some of your best friends and you're just having a blast and 
the bike has taken me more places than anything else in my life. When I go on vacation, I take my bike, I, you know, go into a, like Hilton Head and I've met some people there and I go ride bikes with them there. I was just in St. Louis over the summer. I reached out to a triathlon group and asked if I could come train with them. It's a community. So if you don't have a way to connect wherever you're living, it's a really easy way to plug in because the denominator that brings everybody together is the excitement for the activity. You know, it's so true. I had a client that moved out to San Francisco, didn't know anybody, and she was semi-active, but wanted to wanted to do something healthy, not just go to the bars to meet people. And she mm-hmm. joined the tri club and ended up doing triathlons, being head of the tri club. So what in Atlanta is a good resource for potential triathletes or, you know, veterans? I am part of a, a group called ITL, which stands for In the Lab, and it's a great group. They have coaches. So if you're looking for coaching, they have group rides, group runs, group swims. And it doesn't cost any money to be part of it. If you want to be coached, that's, you know, that's a separate situation. But in terms of finding that community, that is a great group of folks. And pretty much during, in the winter, it kind of tapers off on the outdoor ride just because when it's windy and cold, it's super unpleasant (laughs) to be on the bike outside, but they still run and swim uh, year round. So that's a great resource. And then if you are just interested in kind of getting started with running, any running store has a group run. West Stride is my absolute favorite running store in Atlanta. It's excellent. Atlanta Track Club, you can join the Atlanta Track Club. They have runs to get you ready for their different events. There's so many ways to get plugged in. You just have to look and find out where they are. And then you do have to be vulnerable. You have to be willing to go into a group and say, hi, I'm new. You know, Will you be my friend? Can I run with you? So if you're willing to be vulnerable... You're you're good. You're good to go because who doesn't want to have somebody to chit chat with on a run? No, it's a great point. I mean, I I love running by myself or with people. It is has been a, a key part of my life as well. So there are many people out there, athletes and non-athletes, who exercise to lose weight or think they can only lose weight because they exercise. So has that ever been part of your motivation? I mean, initially, yes. I would say initially when I didn't really understand how calories worked for fueling endurance, yes. I would think that, oh, I need to do this to get that. And honestly, the calories you take in in an endurance event, you need to be able to have energy. So if you don't take in enough calories, you're not going to be able to maintain your effort. So it's going to all go away. I mean, if you run after about 90 minutes of not having replenished calories, you're not going to be able to maintain your effort. So you have to eat when you exercise. So you're pretty even. I would almost say that during heavy duty training, some people gain weight because you're so hungry after you ride your bike for a couple of hours, you want to eat (laughs) and you want to eat a lot and you feel like you almost want to reward yourself for eating so, or for working out so hard. So I don't necessarily say that exercise is the way to lose weight. To me, the smartest way to lose weight is through healthy diet, through you know making smart choices and only allowing yourself to be, you know, I guess, treated or desserts or wine, you know, whatever your thing is within reason. And then if you do go off and have a lot of dessert or a lot of extra calories, you don't need to punish yourself with exercise. I mean, exercise should never be a punishment. It should be a celebration of what your body can do. Well, you're speaking my language, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> so this is personal. You don't have to answer it, but I'm just curious because I'm sure the listener is thinking the same thing with Ironman, all the training that you did, did you gain or lose weight? I didn't weigh myself actually about 
five weeks before the race, I stopped weighing myself because I find that I punish myself if I gain weight and I reward myself if I lose weight. And I just wanted to focus on eating really healthy and being really good to my body. And so I just didn't get on the scale. So I didn't have that head game. And I didn't want to go into my race thinking like, oh, I'm four pounds heavier. I'm going to be four, you know, slower because of it. I didn't want to put anything in my head that had my performance to be based on a number on the scale. Because I think in Ironman training, some people lose a little bit of muscle because, you know, they're not lifting weights. They're just doing all cardio. And some people gain muscle because, you know, I mean, it's just, Everybody is so different that you just can't say one way works for one person. But I'm a proponent of eating healthy and listening intuitively to what your body wants and then giving it to your body. I mean, so many people say, well, you shouldn't have chocolate. Well, I mean, if you're craving chocolate, there might be a reason. Just like people who crave like salty, crunchy, a lot of times are low in magnesium. So when your body wants something, you should listen to it. So what was the key fueling food that you used consistently through training and on the race that you would recommend for other athletes, whether they're doing a shorter distance event or, or a long distance event. And if there's a discrepancy and a difference, you know, I'd love to hear more about that as well. So on a shorter distance event, I think if you have an excellent breakfast, you are in good shape. I mean, you don't really need a lot of extra fuel, but you always need to be hydrated and you always need electrolytes. So I drink something that's called infinite and it's a blend that contains sodium, magnesium, and potassium in it. And it also has a little bit of protein and it is gluten-free. I'm gluten-free. So that's very important to me. So it has about 270 calories in it. And the idea is you use about one bottle, you know, you make it, it's a powder, you use one bottle an hour in an endurance event. So that's probably too uh, on the bike. That's just on the bike. That's too many calories. If you're just running, like if you're just running, you might not need all that. So I believe that you should figure out what works for you. And some people do great on things like gels and I don't, they hurt my stomach. I, I like a whole food alternative. I actually use little baby white potatoes and I boil them and I salt them. And what's interesting about little baby potatoes or all potatoes is the, the starch in it is the same starch that's in the gels. So if you have a hard time with the factory made gel, sometimes it's really easy just to eat a little potato and you can, you know, put like four in a baggie and stick it in your zipper pocket on your running shorts and you're good to go. It doesn't have to be complicated. So with a big breakfast, a lot of athletes will say, you know, I don't want anything that's too heavy because it slows me down or, you know, I don't have to go to the bathroom. Like there's so many, you know, pieces you've got to put together and consider what is your excellent breakfast that's worked for your body? I am oatmeal. I am gluten-free Trader Joe's oatmeal. I make it with water and then I add chia seeds and peanut butter and blueberries to it and a little bit of salt. And that is my, if someone wants to replicate that recipe, what are your portions? Oh, the, I use uh, whatever the recipe on the back of the bag is for oatmeal. I think it's like half a cup of oatmeal to one cup of water. I put that in the microwave. I do about a tablespoon of chia seeds. I do like a spoonful of peanut butter. I don't measure it. Handful of blueberries kind of thing and a sprinkle of salt. And it's very calorie dense and it's heavy and it sticks with me. And it takes me hours to be hungry after eating something like that. So in terms of, you know, if you eat a light breakfast, like some people say, oh, I just eat like a piece of toast with some peanut butter on it. Like that's just not going to stick with me and I'm going to be hungry and I'm going to be out of fuel. 
So to me, this is like, you know, when you go on a long car trip, you go to the gas station before you leave and fill up the tank. To me, that's filling up the tank. You want to have a nice, hearty breakfast. Now, if you have issues with the bathroom, you need to make sure before you start, you can go (laughs) somewhere because, you know, you got it. Those are things that you have to take into. And I will say if endurance athletes, we lose all ego when it comes to bathroom issues. So it's super comfortable to talk about amongst the friends that you're with and everyone, everyone has those issues. So it's nothing to ever be embarrassed about. And a lot of times you can bring it up with your athlete friends and everyone's got a story. Perfect. Love that. Um, So I read on Twitter this morning, shout out to Jamie Bodner at Pinnacle Fitness for the post. The ultimate brain boost is exercise. So I'm going to paraphrase what the research said, but basically exercise can bring out the CEO in your mind. It'll benefit your memory. It'll increase your focus. It'll enhance your mood and definitely give you a better ability to manage your stress. So Tish, would you say exercise is more than just physical for you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, think about it. As soon as your body goes to that warm up, you release the synovial fluid in your joints, which your body now is saying, I'm ready for the work. Your heart rate slightly elevates, your perspiration appears on your skin. Your air conditioning is already starting to cool you down to get you ready for the hard work. The dopamine downloads, the endorphins release. I mean, all the feel good hormones are present. So all you really have to do is light the switch and your body is ready to go. And because you're used to spending so much time exercising, you know, post Ironman, what's, what's the norm in terms of how long you spend exercising a day? So after the Ironman, it is critical to have gratitude for what your body did for you and you need to give it a break. And that's hard when you're in the routine and the habit, it's hard to pull back and let go. And that's critical to repairing all those little ligaments and the muscles and, you know, everything that your body did. So the person who doesn't pull back, they're going to find themselves with some little injuries. And so, you know, it's the big picture. It's the long run. I don't need to start again training immediately. I respect that my body did something ginormous for me. So for the first few days, I did nothing. I rested. I took Epsom salt baths. I just rested. About five days after, I just started easy spinning on the bike at the gym. And week two of recovery, I did a little more spinning on the bike, a little more intensity, but certainly nothing where I was like out of breath and working hard. And now I'm on week three and I've started back with taking a yoga class and I've added very light weights just to get that mobility and that movement. But my plan is to take a full four weeks off of running to really let my body heal and repair itself. Some easy swimming I've done, just real easy. And the other thing I did was I took off my watch. So one of the things that's a hallmark to triathletes is we all wear a Garmin type watch, which a Garmin is a brand, but a watch that it's like a little computer on your wrist. It tells you your heart rate. It tells you the elevation of your of your runs and your mile per hour speed and you kind of live and die by your data for a while. And it's really freeing to take your take that data off your wrist and just be intuitive to how your body feels and listen to your body and just enjoy your body for a little bit. So I'm going to venture to say that most people listening, totally impressed, but have no interest in completing a full Ironman. 
Um, however, everyone I does. I think it's like 1% of 1%. I mean, it's a super low <laughs> number. <laughs> well, it's just amazing what the name Ironman has really created in our country. I mean, the fact that you go to a triathlon and they're, you know, they're selling out. I mean, Ironman races are selling out. It's just, it's really remarkable what, what has happened. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And I think it comes from like so many of us played a sport in high school or in middle school. And all of a sudden we become these adults and we lose that edge where we get to go out and compete. And if you don't play tennis or golf really as an adult, there's just not a lot of avenues in which you have that opportunity to free yourself to be competitive with yourself or with others, whoever you know you compete against to just enjoy being sporty. And so triathlon sort of opens that door and it's that segue from your normal adult life and you get to kind of go back in time and be that kid on your bike, happy, you know, running through the woods on the trails or swimming in the ocean, you know, those feelings of, of happiness come back. And I think that's why it, it has such a catch to it, the triathlon community. So true. And really it is a little bit addictive because you develop the relationships like you talked about, which I think is, is so cool. And I think at this point with old, with sprints and super sprints, it can be accessible to, to, you know, to someone just starting out for you yeah. know, activity. And um, if you can power walk, you can do, you know, a 5k run, which is 3.1 miles. You know, they have them every weekend all over town. Atlanta track club sponsors them. You don't have to be a runner. You can be a strong walker. <laughs> you can and do the beach tree every July and people walk six miles of it. You don't have to, you don't have to necessarily train to be an athlete. You can just show up on day one and just keep showing up on day two and day three and day four. And that fitness will build and that confidence will build and you'll become the person you want to be at, for through your athletic potential. And I'll couple that with the app couch to 5k which for those of you that don't just want to go out and do a race, it's an easy way to get conditioned um, slowly and safely and then be ready to potentially run your first 5K. Well, and that's a great point too. Like there's a periodization process to everything, right? So if you're going to go out today and walk a mile, then tomorrow you don't go out and walk five miles. Then tomorrow you walk, you know, 1.1 miles. Like the, the load accumulates, but it doesn't escalate. So I always want to thank you after spinning class because you give motivational words at the times when we really need them. So I'm curious for the listeners out there who are struggling to prioritize some form of activity in their routine, even though like I referenced the research and we know, you know, you can feel better just with small amounts of activity in your, in your daily life. What would be some, some motivational tips, words, resources that you would like to share with the audience? Well, everyone has something that resonates with them. You know, if it's not the idea that you're the athlete, what is it? Like, what is the, what resonates? And then I think that's what you kind of tap into. For me, I love this concept of being like, I loved the Rocky movies. I loved the Karate Kid movies. I loved all those sport movies of like the eighties. You know, I like the adrenaline. So for me, like when I teach and when I come up with my quotes or when I try to find something. I'm just trying to get you excited. Like one of my friends said to me, you know, when you go out to battle, you either come back on your shield or with your sword. You know, if you're going to go out there and give it a shot, give it all you got. So that's sort of, you know, where I come from. And my biggest that. pieces of inspiration, honestly, is my daughter. She had knee surgery back in April and she's 
you know, had a long road to recovery and she was back and it took her seven months and it was really hard. So when I think about like how hard it is to do something, I think about how much harder it is to be like a high school athlete with an injury, with a dream to play division one sports and have to earn it all back. And then on top of that, be a teenager and be in high school and apply to college and to take standardized tests. So when I think about like something about what I'm trying to do, like if my daughter can do all of that, who am I not to do it? what I'm doing, you know? So you just have to find what resonates with you and then latch onto it. It is interesting. Some of our best sources of inspiration are probably right under our noses and we just are so busy and running so fast. We don't even see them. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's not the person on the top step getting the gold medal. To me, it's the everyday hero. It's, you know, there's something I love about teaching my cycle classes and somebody comes in and they're new and they're new to fitness. So they're trying to make changes in their life and it's hard for them. It is so much more inspiring for me to see somebody come in, you know, below the middle line and just move it up to the middle than it is for me to find, you know, somebody who I know is an amazing athlete and is in there training for their next race. Like they already got everything they need to move forward. But it's that person who's below 50%, kind of that's the person that if you can just get them up a little bit more, they'll fly, they'll soar. Those are the people that I love the most because they've got the most vulnerability out there. Mm -hmm. And I think through all of this, something you said earlier, which someone gave you the advice is just always stay mentally flexible. I think that's genius words. So thank you very much, Tish. You are an inspiration. I'm grateful that you were on the podcast and um, thank you to everyone listening to the Healthy Weight Coaching Podcast. Any suggestions for future topics or shows or guests you would like to hear from, please just contact me at julie at healthyweightcoaching.com. Thank you for listening to the Healthy Weight Coaching Podcast. Visit us at www.healthyweightcoaching.com. And please, review this podcast on iTunes so that we can keep sharing the secrets to success that will help you. For more information on how to reach your peak or be on the show, contact Julie, the Healthy Weight Coach, at healthyweightcoaching.com.